Hey grown-ups, this episode of Story Pirates is brought to you by Honey Nut Cheerios. Made with whole grain oats and a touch of golden honey, they're a great way to turn your good morning into a good day. Honey Nut Cheerios. Good starts with happy hearts. Wow, this puzzle is hard. Shh. Peter, we're focusing. Sorry. Shh. Sorry. Ooh, found a piece. Oh, oh, oh put it in. Go, put it in the puzzle. Uh, oh, false alarm. Oh. All right, everybody calm down. I'm human, except for my feet. Wait, I got one. Does it go this way? Uh, this way? Uh, this way. Uh, got it! Yeah! Yes, Rolo's mustache is complete. Now for the rest of the puzzle. Oh, I'm so glad we decided to have this photo of Rolo and Siegfried high-fiving each other in the looky-loo turned into a puzzle. It's really good. Ooh, I think I got a piece. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah! yeah! Got one too! Woohoo! And this one! Oh, oh, there's okay, a this piece oh, over here. Oh, my goodness, you guys. There's only one piece left. Ooh, ooh, I want to do it. Um, hmm. Where's the last piece? Maybe one of us is sitting on it? Hmm. No, not me. Oh, perchance there is no last piece, in the same way that the mystery of Edwin Drood has no ending. Unlikely. Maybe I ate the last piece? Hold on. <clears throat> nope. Just onions, garlic, and spicy garlic tuna. My daily snack. Oh, no. Where is the last puzzle piece? Detective Chuck Chunk here. Please secure the perimeter. This is a crime scene. Huh? Who are you? Like I said, I'm Detective Chuck Chunk. I investigate puzzle crimes. Here, take my card. This business card says Detective Chuck Chunk, Puzzle Crimes Unit. I never met a puzzle I couldn't solve or a piece I couldn't find. I don't know where this guy came from, but he just took off his sunglasses in a way that was very cool. Well, Detective, we appreciate you being here, but it's really no big deal. We just lost the last piece to our Rolo puzzle. Lost? <laughs> no chance. This puzzle piece wasn't lost. It was stolen. Whoa, now he just put back on his sunglasses in a way that was less cool. Their prescription. I need them to see. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Story Pirates Podcast, where we take stories written by kids and turn them into sketch comedy and songs. Today, we're really excited because we have... Excuse me. What? Excuse you? What are you doing? If information's what you're after, I'm about to give a press conference. A press conference? Yes. Hello, members of the press. Well, where did all these reporters come from? I'm Detective Chuck Chunk, lead investigator. This afternoon, four best friends, Lee, Peter, Megan, and Rachel, were doing a thousand-piece puzzle that depicted a friendly pirate doing a peace sign while high-fiving a Viking in a crow's nest. Crow's nest? What's a crow's nest? Or a looky-loo, as they call it, incorrectly. Hmm, a 
Okay. Felt like a judgment. At 3.02 p.m., ship in the sky time, they reached the end of the puzzle only to discover the final piece was missing. <gasps> I'll now take a couple of questions. Uh, yes, you over there in half. Was there any indication that the piece was sucked up by a vacuum? My preliminary sweep of the crime scene indicates that these four have, in fact, never vacuumed. There are even crumbs on the ceiling somehow. D to be frank, they're disgusting. Ooh, this guy's good. We never vacuum. Is it possible that one of the four best friends actually stole the piece? Yes. <gasps> well, this is concerning. You know, this press conference seems like it's gonna take a while, so let's do a story while it wraps up. Listeners, maybe you've heard about the myth of Turtle Beach. Maybe you haven't. Either way, here to tell you about the best all-inclusive turtle resort you could ever visit is the author. Hi, my name's Reagan. I'm 11 years old and I live in Utah. This is my story. It's called Turtle Beach. Hello? Oh, hey, Debbie. It's me as mom. I just wanted to call because I don't know if you heard about this thing called the myth of Turtle Beach. I guess it's some beach where there's a whole bunch of turtles or something. Oh, that's cool. Wait, is that for real? I don't know. It sounds amazing. Um, anyway, I'll let you go. I have to get back to the hospital because I'm a doctor. <laughs> yes, you are. Okay, bye. Bye. Whoa, Shelby the tortoise, did you just hear that? Oh, Shelby. Wow, Turtle Beach. I wonder... I wonder if a place really exists Where turtles laugh and play without a care Living together in harmony Ooh. Uh, Turtle Beach? Yeah, I've been there. Whoa, Shelby, you can talk? Yeah, I can talk. I'm a tortoise. I had no idea. Anyway, I been to Turtle Beach before? I go all the time. Wow. You want me to tell you about it? Yeah, definitely. On Turtle Beach, it's where the turtles live, laughing and playing in the sun, where the air's as sweet as a summer's peach. Oh, that's what it's like on Turtle Beach. On Turtle Beach, on Turtle Beach, where they shake their shells by the Thomas. Oh, hello. Uh, hi, everyone. Here, let us show you around. Over on the rocks is where us box turtles box. And we painted turtles, we paint our shells for fun. All over the map, the snapping turtles love to snap. And the leatherbacks, they lay back in the sun. 
Totally. That's great. Oh, this calls for something special. Uh, mm, ooh, 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 I have it. A seaweed feast. Yeah. A seaweed feast. speaks with the author. Hi, Regan. Hi, Lee. How are you today? Good. How are you? I am really good. I'm excited to talk to you about your story. You wrote Turtle Beach, right? Yeah. How did you get the idea for it? Well, I have a pet tortoise named Shelby. You have a pet tortoise? Yeah. Whoa. That's incredible. What do you do with a pet turtle? Well... Like, if I put her on the ground, she'll go pretty fast. Most people think tortoises are super slow. They can actually, they're actually pretty fast, so. Huh. So you have to be careful or else she'll escape. Yeah. She likes to go, like, behind the TV stand. (laughs) Sometimes I have to be, like, trying to make sure she's in my range. She doesn't (laughs) go behind there. What does she eat? I usually just feed her lettuce. The tortoises also do eat, like, dandelions and, and grass. But she doesn't really like grass that much. Does she do anything cute, like let you pet her on the head or anything? Yeah, she lets me pet her on the head, and also sometimes her head bobs up and down. (laughs) One time I was listening to music, and she's doing that, and it kind of looks like she's dancing. (laughs) When you imagine Turtle Beach in your dreams, what do you see? I see like a little round beach with a bunch of turtles. Some are, like, playing in the sand. Some are having competitions. Um, There's um, a turtle that has a little cart with seaweed sticks because sea turtles like to eat seaweed. That sounds beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Is every different kind of turtle there? Yes. What are some different kinds of turtles? One of my favorite turtles is the Galapagos tortoise. It has a cute, small little head, and then they have a huge shell. And those ones are really big, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're adorable. I think we had a math lesson, and there's a picture of a Galapagos tortoise, and like, yay! (laughs) Now, in your story, Turtle Beach is a myth. Yeah. What do you know about myths? Well, they're pretty much like a story that people make up, and some people believe in them, and some people don't. 
Is there a chance, even of a very small one, that Turtle Beach is real? Yes. And do you think you'll find it someday? I really hope so, because then all the turtles will welcome me. They'll probably know who you are. Yeah, because they'll probably be like, Shelby, we know Shelby, that's Shelby's owner. That's Shelby's owner. Welcome her in, everyone. Yeah. (sighs) That's cool. Regan, it was so fun to talk to you about your story. Thanks for letting us perform it. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Wow, oh, that's so really good. What amazing story. I love that. Okay, no more questions. I need to now conduct my interviews with potential suspects. But first, I'm going to take off my sunglasses again in a cool way. Here I go. And so, ow! It just got stuck on my swoopy bangs. Rachel, thank you for joining me here in my interrogation room. Has this room been on the ship the whole time? Yes, uh, but I'm asking the questions. Right, sorry. Am I in trouble? What did I just say? Oh, whoops. (laughs) I'm not good at this, am I? (laughs) Wow, did it again. Next! Peter, Peter, Pumpkin Peter. (laughs) Yes? Are you nervous, Peter? A little bit, yeah. No need. I'm just going to ask you a couple of easy questions. Softball questions. Like, where were you the night of August 15th, 1998? What? I have no idea. What about the morning of November 3rd, 2004? Who remembers stuff like this? I do. What about the afternoon of January 17th, 2011? I really don't know. The late afternoon, early evening of March 22nd, 2008? No clue. Dusk of December 5th, 2012? Not sure. April 21st, 1994? I don't know. And isn't it true you, Peter, stole the puzzle piece? No! I thought you said softball. When I play softball, Petey, I play hard. Ball. What did that prove? Thank you. Next. Megan, have a seat. I prefer to stand. Fine. I'll have a seat. Oh, mm, my back. Okay. I'm uh, I'm just going to stand back up again now. Uh, Megan, I'm afraid I'm on to you. <laughs> you can't fool me. I played a detective in a play about detectives called... Detectives. The detective play about detectives. It ran for one performance and then got shut down by real detectives. That's a charming story. Quick follow-up question. Did you steal the puzzle piece? What? No! Look, why on earth would I steal a puzzle piece? To quote my play, I didn't do it, detective. And to quote what I said to the real detective after she shut the detective play down, I didn't do it, detective. Fascinating. Very fascinating. You've given me everything I need. Follow me, please. Where are we going? I've concluded my interviews, everyone. What? What could you possibly have concluded from these interviews? For one, I know who stole the puzzle piece. Who? It was Lee. (gasps) Gasp! We'll be right back. Hey, grown-ups! it's time for a special part of today's show sponsored by our friends at Lego City. Hey, Peter. Hey, Lee. You know how we asked our listeners to send us their favorite Lego builds about the ocean and stories to go with them? Oh, yeah. Well, I wanted to share one with you. It comes from Jasper, a second grader from New York, and it's called The Shark Attack on the Story Pirate Ship. Ooh, I will sit here and listen quietly. Okay, here we go. It was a normal day on the Story Pirate's ship. Oh, good. I love a normal day. Nimini was swimming in the water. She is so good at swimming. 
Peter was taking a nap on his bed. Am I asleep right now? Is this a dream? And Lee was in a submarine on his way to find some awesome corals. Lee saw a shark. Ah! Peter saw the shark. Ah! And Nimini saw the shark. <gasps> you know what? That's okay. What? Why? You know, the rule of three sharks. Sharks always stop being scary after three sharks. Okay. Lee got out of the submarine and swam up. When he left the submarine, he left the hatch open and then closed it with the shark inside. Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone ran and screamed around the ship until they realized the shark was trapped in the submarine. The end. Wow. Jasper, that was some incredible storytelling. I felt like I was there. And best of all, Jasper sent a photo of his Lego build for that story. Grownups, you can check it out at storypirates.com slash Lego. And for more underwater adventures, why not check out the Lego City Ocean Exploration Submarine? It's a powerful, deep-sea sub with everything you need to explore the high seas. You can comb the depths with the sub's two mechanical arms, examine the ocean floor with an underwater drone, or search the coral-covered cave for hidden treasure. Remember, if you can dream it, you can build it. Check out all of the sets at lego.com slash city. Hey, grownups, Lee here with your weekly announcements. Fall registration is now open for Story Pirates After School, our new virtual program for kids to reconnect with their creativity and imagination. Our incredible teaching artists will bring activities to life from different topics like spy training and spooky monster time. There will be appearances by hosts from the podcast like me and lots of other special guests and other surprises. Story Pirates After School is the perfect opportunity for kids who loved Story Pirates Creator Camp over the summer or for anyone that missed out and wants to have a new enriching Story Pirates experience. Learn all about the different components and class topics and register now at storypirates.com news. Story Pirates has teamed up with Popsicle to create a better world through imaginative play. Together with Popsicle's virtual recess, we've created ideal towns, a dream class for back to school, thank you awards for those that have helped us through this new normal, and even a brand new pop star and their inspirational song to raise awareness for peace on Earth. You can still participate in all of our virtual recesses and find even more inspiration to create at Popsicle's IGTV or on the Popsicle Playzone at popsicle.com slash playzone. Our new album, Cats Sit On You, is out now. The album features 12 fan-favorite songs from the podcast, remixed and mastered for you to add to your playlists and listen to anytime. Songs include Humming, Cheese Quest, Banana Clown, The First Kids to Work at the Census, Turtle Beach, Cats Sit On You, and more. Find it wherever you listen to music. Remember, all that info and more can be found at storypirates.com slash news. Now back to the show. It was Lee. <gasps> Gasp! What? That's right, Lee. You stole the puzzle piece. Lee, how could you? Yeah! This is unbelievable! Come on, I didn't do it. What is this, a trial? Actually, it is. And how do you plead? What? Not guilty! Ladies and gentlemen of the jury... Whoa, where'd that jury come from? 
I show you Exhibit A, Lee's sticky, dirty, filthy fingerprint at the crime scene. Well, we were all doing the puzzle. Exhibit B, Lee's diary. Hey, huh? how'd you get that? You left it open on the puzzle table, Lee. Oh. Mistake number one. <laughs> Dear diary, Lee here. Today we are doing a puzzle. I hope I get to put in the last piece. That would be so fun. Everyone would cheer and say, good job, Lee. I would love to hear everyone cheer and say, good job, Lee. What a day that would be. I will do anything in my power to put that last piece in, even if it means doing something bad. Thanks, diary. Best, Lee. P.S. Yesterday I learned how to do a backflip. I can't wait to do it over and over again when I solve this puzzle. <gasps> Gasp. That's not all. I present Exhibit C, the missing puzzle piece <gasps> that I found <gasps> in Lee's pocket. <gasps> Gasp. Jury, how do you find the defendant? Guilty! I knew it! Okay, I did it! What are you gonna do now? Are you gonna punish me? Do I get a timeout? Do I have to leave the ship? Is my life ruined? No, what? You just have to, you know, apologize. Oh, well, I'm sorry, everyone. It's just that I've been sort of stressed out lately and feeling kind of down and I wanted to be the person to put in the last piece so that everyone would say, good job, Lee and make me feel like, like I accomplished something. Classic midlife crisis. I myself had one. What a gorgeous fleet of Vespas. Lee, you should have told us you were feeling that way. We all do a lot on this ship and sometimes, I know, we forget to say, hey, good job. So, good job, Lee. Hey, thanks. Good job, Rachel. And good job, Megan and Peter. Oh, and good yeah, job, good job Megan. And good job, Rachel. everyone. Good job, and to all good job, a good Peter. Night. Wow, that felt great. Uh-huh. And uh, what about me, old Detective Chunk? Did I do a good job? It's pretty cool what I did, right? Just showing up out of nowhere and doing that stuff with my glasses and doing all those interviews, the cool, fun way I dress, my sweet hair and my deep voice. Good job, Detective Chuck Chunk. Thank you, guys. You owe me $5,000. Why? I don't know. That's one mystery I can't solve. Just send me a check. Goodbye! Wow, what a weird, cool guy. What do you think, jury of my peers? Should we do another story? Yeah! Listeners, this next story proves once and for all that if you want to be left alone, don't build your house in the middle of a baseball field. Here's the author to introduce it. Hi, my name's Ellis, and I live in Chicago, and I'm eight years old, and this is my story, Carl and Steve, BFFs. Hello, you baseball lovers out there. I'm your announcer, Rita Crackerjack, and I'm here with Chuck Inning for another beautiful day here at this baseball stadium in the Midwest. You said it, Rita. I'm Chuck Inning. The sky is blue, the birds are chirping, and I made an incredible chili last night. So that's cool and positive. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it about baseball, though, Chuck. <laughs> Sorry. Here comes the pitch from Kamitsky. <gasps> it's going. <gasps> it's going. <gasps> it's gone. And broke the window of that mansion that's right in the middle of the outfield. For 
for those just tuning in, the mansion belongs to Carl, the millionaire from the Midwest. Little known fact, Carl actually used to play center field, the saddest, loneliest position in baseball. So it's actually pretty interesting that he put his gigantic mansion right in the spot where he used to stand, waiting for a pop fly, contemplating all of his life choices. Let's kick it out to our outfield correspondent in the outfield, Rick Batting Cages, to see if we can get a word with Carl, the millionaire himself. Thanks, Chuck and Rita. I'm standing here with Carl, who seems to be just drowning in the sorrow of his own solitude. Carl, how lonely are you? Uh, try not lonely at all, Rick. I have my millions of dollars to keep me warm at night, okay? Because in case you forgot, I am rich because I won the lottery game at Jewel Osco Grocery Store last year. We actually have the security footage from that very day. Let's bring it up on the Jumbotron now. Hello, welcome to the Jewel Osco Lottery. I'm your host and store manager, Brian. And Carl, the center fielder, guess what? You just won the game! Oh, uh, uh, cool. Hey, any friends or family you'd like to thank? Uh, well, I, I don't have any friends or family now that I'm thinking about it. So oh. you know what? I guess I could just uh, thank the bus driver who brought me here. Ooh. He's always been very punctual. Uh, okay, then. That's pretty sad, though. Hey, there you have it, America. It's the lottery at Jewel Osco, the only place you can become a millionaire while shopping for groceries. Clean up on aisle five! Oh, wow. That clip was very sad, and everybody saw it. Eh, what do I care? Okay, I am rich. <laughs> but you know, Rick, since I'm like, you know, talking to you or whatever, just because you're standing here, Rick, uh, you want to, I don't know, maybe come inside my house and uh, play video games or something? I'm working, Carl. Okay. Well, you know what? In that case, I'd appreciate it if you stop interviewing me. The baseball game is over. My windows are broken. Now scram! Oh. <sighs> Finally, some peace and quiet, lonely. I can't believe those announcers said that I was lonely. What do they know? I have my dog, Francisco, and he's all the company I need. <laughs> Good dog, Francisco. Man, what a day it has been for me. You know, I woke up, counted my money, told off those announcers, and now I'm back here alone. Hey, what did you do? <laughs> right. I forgot dogs don't talk. Pretty much only bark and sleep. Okay, well, since I have uh, nobody else to talk to, I might as well just go to bed early. Good night, everybody. Who am I talking to? I am alone. <sighs> Whoa! What the? Hey, no! Oh, my goodness! What, what time is it? Midnight? Well, why does it sound like my next-door neighbor, Steve, is mowing his overgrown lawn at midnight? What are you doing out so late? And what are you doing living alone in the middle of a baseball field? Wow, he's right. I never thought about it like that. Touche, midnight lawnmower. Touche. <clears throat> you do you then. Goodbye. Wow, I guess I have a lot to think about. I'm going to sleep on it and see how I feel tomorrow morning. <laughs> Good morning, Midwest! It's 
it's another beautiful day for baseball. But first, let's check in on our sad millionaire in center field and the lonely night he inevitably had. <laughs> Rick in the outfield, how are things looking for sad boy Carl? As bleak as ever, Chuck. Carl, on a scale of one to totally devastated, just how lonely are you in this moment? Uh, I'm a one, Rick. Okay, I'm feeling fully fulfilled from being the stinking rich man that I am. And, oh, wait a minute. Is that Steve, a.k.a. the Midnight Lawnmower, a.k.a. my neighbor? Excuse me. <laughs> For those just tuning in, Carl the Lonely Millionaire seems to have located a potential friend out here in center field. <laughs> Wait up there, Steve. Hey, um, wondering, would you like to go on a walk with me and my dog, uh, Francisco? Oh, I wish I could, but I can't. I have an outline of a report to do. Oh, okay. Um, well, maybe after. And I have an overdue library book to return. Well, hey, that's not too much. Uh, perhaps... After that, Oh, we... I almost forgot. And I have to study for my pretest. I'm sorry. Oh, a swing and a miss from Carl the Millionaire. Actually, Steve, wait. Wait a minute. You're not going to believe this, Chuck and Rita, but it looks like Carl is actually going to get vulnerable to try and win over Steve's friendship. Look, Steve, the other night when you asked me why I'm living in a mansion in the middle of a baseball field, you really got me thinking. All my life I've been a loner, dropping fly balls in the outfield with nobody to talk to. When I became a millionaire, it got worse. Not only did I build a mansion out here in center field, I also built a mansion around my heart. Look, I know you've got a lot to do this morning, but maybe, just maybe, later tonight, you and I could go see a hit movie at the Logan Theater. And just FYI, I already prepaid for the tickets, so it's gonna be kinda awkward if you say no. Sure, let's do it. <laughs> we can take my double bike. It has two seats. Well, you know what they always say. I sure do. You can't ride a double bike alone. The end. Thanks for listening to today's show, and thanks to today's authors, Regan and Ellis. Before we go, here's today's story spark. Kids, write a story about a student who becomes the master. This kind of story is about a teacher and a student, and usually the teacher helps the student learn or train until eventually their roles flip and the student bests the teacher at their own game. Tell us who your student is, who the teacher is, and what they're studying or training at, and most of all, what happens in the moment when the student masters their craft. How does the teacher react? As always, parents can send in stories to storypirates.com. See you next time. Bye-bye! Story Pirates Podcast is a production of Gimlet Media. Produced for Gimlet Media by Annie Rose Strasser, Chris Neary, and Chad Chennai. Produced for Story Pirates by Lee Overtree and Benjamin Salka. Associate producers for Story Pirates are Peter McNerney and Andrew Miller. Technical direction by Sam Baer. Recording, sound design, and mixing by Sam Baer at the Relic Room in New York City. Theme song by Bobby Lord. Our head writer is Rachel Winitsky. 
contributing writers are Rachel Jarofsky, Peter McNerney, Megan O'Neill, and Lee Overture. Special guest, Dax Shepard. This episode features performances by Jerry Burgos, Ryan Chittapong, Joel Escher, Peter Johnston, Ryan Kober, Peter McNerney, Nani Mendez, Brendan O'Grady, Emily Olcott, Megan O'Neill, Lee Overtree, Mike Poole, Lorena Rusi, Joanna Simmons, Jamie Watson, Jenny Weiner, and Rachel Winitsky. Turtle Beach was written by Eric Gerson and produced by Brendan O'Grady and Eric Gerson with vocal arrangements and direction by Jack Mitchell. Special thanks to Kelsey Bear and Sam and Allie. Oh, I just remembered. I wrote in my diary that when I finished the puzzle and everyone said, good job, Lee, I would get to do one of my new backflips over and over. All right, so here we go. I'll just set my feet and one, two, three. Ow, my back. Ow, that hurt. No, I'm just kidding. That didn't hurt at all. I'm totally physically capable of doing a backflip. Here we go. Woo! Yes. Good job, Lee. Let's do another one. Good job, Lee. Good job, Lee. Good job, Lee. Thank you, Lee. You're welcome, Lee. Hey, good job.